let's, let's open up in prayer, and, uh, and then we'll get into what we're going to talk about tonight. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for, for these teens, even the ones who are making noises at inappropriate times. Um, Lord, we thank you for them. And God, we just ask you tonight, uh, we thank you for, for what you've done tonight with the teens and leading worship. God, we just ask you to continue to bless that, to help that to progr- progress and grow and uh, just work in the lives of all the people who are going to be leading. Lord, tonight I ask you to be with me uh, as I speak to try to explain your word, to make it clear, to make it interesting, to make it relevant, um, because it is your word, and so it means so much to our lives. And uh, God, I just ask that uh, any distractions would be removed, that we would be able to focus just on you, know, you and your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I want to ask you guys a question. Why does it feel so bad when someone breaks up with you? Or they stop liking you. When you put so much, so much into a relationship, Chris says, when you put so much into a relationship and they just brush you off, it hurts, right? It hurts. Okay. What is, what is, like, what is the worst reason that somebody could break up with you? Because they like someone else? Okay. They don't see you enough? They don't want to see you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, what? You're not good enough? Too short. There you go. I'm, I'm breaking up with you because you're too short. Okay. What about like if... Like you're just not good looking enough. Like... You have a big head. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough money. That's a painful one, right, Mitch? Yeah. I had, I've had, probably my, the two most painful breakups for me were, um, Stacy. Oh, yes, that was. I didn't even tell. I didn't even think of that one. Stacy was the worst. No, they don't know Stacy. Y'all know Stacy, cause anyway, Stacy. Stacy was the love of my life from fourth grade to tenth grade. Okay. And like every other year, we would we would be going out, and then she would break up with me to go out with one of my cousins. Okay. And so. Uh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. And. Uh, but one year she was dating she was dating one of my cousins and I think I was like in seventh grade or whatever and she um, uh, I got one of my friends mad or something and so he hatched this whole plot with Stacy and my cousin to where Stacy would tell me that she had broken up with my cousin because she wanted to go out with me and then and then I was like ooh great okay so we're now I think we're boyfriend and girlfriend and then by the end of the night she comes up to me and she says sorry it was all a joke. And I'm still going out with your cousin, and da da da. So that that was that was serious knife twisting. Okay, that was carve my heart out and throw it away and stamp on it. Okay, that's what she did. Um, there was another girl named Jessica. Um, she she was dating my this same cousin, um, and. Uh, and so, and they had been broken up for a while, and I had always liked Jessica. Um, and so, not always, but like, since Stacy wouldn't like me, I had to go with Jessica. 
And so, uh, and so Jessica, um, I had been talking to Jessica for a while, and so we were talking, and so we finally, we find, she finally said, okay, yeah, we're going, we're dating, we're, you know, we're going steady or whatever. What do y'all say now? Like going? Just going, okay, that's what we said anyway. We never said going steady, so we were going. We were going for one night, one day. Because the next day, she went to a different school, and then the next day, my cousin found out that she and I were going, and, and he got really upset, and she found out that he got really upset, and so then she called me that night, and she's like, I'm so confused, and, uh, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> and, um, come on, after one day, you're confused? Anyway, um, no, he didn't say anything bad to her, no, um, you don't know. Anyway, um, and so then she's like, I need, I need some time to think. And so I was like, all right, take all the time you need, you know, da, 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 da. You know, what else can I say, you know? Like, and so then pretty much like the next day, her and this other guy were going again. And, and so, and she didn't even tell me, like, like, they just show up to church holding hands. And I'm like, okay. I, are we okay? Are we still going? I mean, I see you holding this guy's hand, but I'm not sure. All right, no. Um, no, I, I caught the hint. Anyway. And then there was uh, Lynn. Lynn was, Lynn, I've told y'all, like, she was Miss Teen Bahamas and, and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, she only dated me because she wanted to go to prom. And so... So trust me, when I tell you guys, I can relate to you and your, you know, your relationships and when you break up with people and, you know, how much it hurts and when people do you bad, I've had people do me bad, okay? And use me just to go to prom, whatever. Anyway, it didn't happen. We broke up before she could go to prom. Um, she still wanted to go to prom with me after we broke up, just so she could go to prom. Anyway. I think I've worked through all my issues with women, though, so. Um. <laughs> what was that? Y'all are wrong. I don't tell y'all those stories just so you could, like, rip on me, you know? Like, it's, it's, to, it's to help y'all understand what we're going to talk about tonight. So, tonight we're going to talk about the most important human relationship that you have a choice in, okay? You don't get to choose your parents. How many of you would trade them in if you could? Janika said never, very good, okay? It's wonderful. You don't get to choose your parents, you don't get to choose your brothers and your sisters or your uncles and your families. You don't get to choose them. <laughs> you get you get to choose the most important relationship you have a choice in is who you are going to marry. Okay, who are you going to marry? Anthony says it's the hardest decision ever. Oh, for your dad. Okay. It should be a hard decision. It shouldn't be hard, but it should be a well-reasoned, thought-out decision. Okay? It should be something that makes sense. 
Uh, and some of you are going to say, I'm way too young for this. I'm 12 years old. I'm 13. I'm not looking for marriage, you know, or whatever. And that's fine. But trust me, the earlier, the earlier you know what to look for in who you should be marrying and who you should be dating, you know, who you should be dating and then hopefully leading to marriage, uh, the earlier you know what you should look for, the more you'll be able to save yourself uh, a lot of problems and a lot of hurt and a lot of heartache, okay? So that's what we're gonna be talking about tonight. And what book are we in? Malachi. Malachi. All right, so everybody turn to Malachi, chapter two, verse 10. And we will get into all of this marriage stuff and the kind of person God wants you to choose, all right? The kind of person God wants you to choose. So. <clears throat> this is what Malachi says. We're looking at, starting at verse 10, and then we'll, we'll get into more of this. All right, verse 10. It says, everybody listening? Everybody got their Bibles? Everybody looking at the screen? Because you don't need to talk to look, okay? Very good. Look with your eyes, not with your mouth, okay? <laughs> That's what people say, right? Look with, look with your eyes, not with your hands. Like, let me see that, and then they grab it. And then you tell them, look with your eyes, not with your hands. You needed to wake up, so I had to lay hands on you. Um, <clears throat> Verse 10. Have we not... Oh, wait, what's been going on right now? What's been going on in the book so far? The, the people... Very good, Donna. The people are bringing bad offerings, and God is busting them for it, right? Right. And God's wiping dung on their faces. And, right, they're bringing bad stuff to the altar. And God says, no, don't bring that stuff. You need to bring your best. All right, and he's been rebuking the priests. Now, uh, so now he continues with a different rebuke, all right, um, in a different way. He's still rebuking their offerings, but he's, he's giving them a different reason why he's rebuking them, okay? Not just because the offerings are bad, but but uh, who they are and how they're bringing them is bad, all right? So verse 10. Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our fathers? All right, so God says, <clears throat> uh, or, or Malachi, Malachi says, why, why are we being faithless to one another? The same God who created you has created me. The same God that created me created you. So, you know, we're all, we all come from God. And so that means we should be respecting each other. We shouldn't be lying to each other. We shouldn't be cheating each other. We shouldn't be uh, talking about people behind their backs, pretending to like them to their face. But behind their back, we talk about them, right? This is what it means to be faithless or unfaithful to each other. And he asks the question, he says, why, why? Why are we doing this? God doesn't like it, all right? We're all connected. We are all, uh, especially if we believe in Jesus Christ, we are all connected. Uh, one family. We are brothers and sisters. Okay, so when I talk about you, you know, I, I'm talking about somebody in my family. And that breaks the family unity. 
All right? So God doesn't like it. And, and a lot of times we do this because we think we're better than other people. And we're looking for ways to like, make ourselves seem better than somebody else. Like, yeah, I'm kind of... And we compare ourselves to other people like, yeah, I'm not that great, but boy, look at him. Boy, he really stinks. Or look at her. Look at her. She doesn't know how to dress, man. Um, or she, she wears the wrong kind of clothes, you know. <clears throat> and so we get this like superior mindset. And God's saying, no, don't get that superior mindset. I made you just like I made them. And so you're all equal. And so you don't need to try to be trumping each other all the time. So some of you struggle with like insecurity and, and comparing yourself to other people and looking at other people and saying, man, I wish I was like them. But God says, you know what? I made them just like I made you and I love you just as much as I love them. And it's not about what you can do or how pretty you are or, or how strong you are or how smart you are. I still love you just as much as I love them. And so we're all equal. And so we shouldn't treat each other like we're not. Now, so God says, God's complaint is that nobody is faithful. And nobody has been, nobody's faithful to each other. And he goes on to say that nobody's faithful to him. Nobody's faithful to God either. In verse 11, verse 11, he says, Judah, Judah has been faithless and abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. For Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. All right, what does all that mean? You need to know Judah and Israel. Judah is the southern kingdom, and Israel is the northern kingdom. Um, this is after King Solomon. Like when King Solomon was there, all, all the kingdoms were unified, but after Solomon, they split. And so Judah was in the south and Israel was in the north. Um, they were all supposed to be one country, but, but they split. And they had, two, they had separate kings and all this kind of stuff. Jerusalem was in Judah. Okay? <clears throat> and God is saying, Judah has been faithless. Abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. All right? So he's saying everywhere, everybody, nobody is being faithless and everybody is... Uh, not worshiping me right. Now, what does this word abomination mean? What's an abomination? It was the villain in the, in the Incredible Hulk movie. Um, abomination. But really, it's just, it's like the most disgusting thing to God. An abomination is like, God doesn't want to look at it. It's disgusting. Ah, this is like totally against anything that I wanted to be brought to me or for you or whatever. Like it's just, it's the word. What, what's an abomination to you? Like what's the most nasty, disgusting thing? Washing the dishes. Cleaning toilets. Huh? Dead rat on the side of the road, yes. Homosexuality. That's, that's Kyle. That's Kyle's abomination. Very good. That's Kyle's abomination. Huh? Yeah. Okay. 
Now, what is this abomination? What is this that people are doing that is profaning? Like, like if, if I speak profanity, what is that? I'm cursing. I'm like, I'm using really bad words, right? And so when we profane, uh, what does it say? Profane the sanctuary of the Lord. What does that mean? It's not good, right? It's like we've, we've corrupted it, we've cursed it, like we've, or like treated it like it was infected it. I like that. Infected it. Brought something into it that should have never been there, right? All right. So what is this abomination, this nastiness that has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord? <clears throat> he says, Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord and has married the daughter of a foreign god. All right? So, what does this mean? This means that the Jews were marrying people who belonged to different religions. They were marrying people who did not believe in their God, but they were marrying people who believed in all kinds of different gods and all kinds of different ways to worship. But the Jews, we know, God had given them specific ways in which they were supposed to worship, right? Like with the animal sacrifices and all those things. And that's what, that's what the first five books of the Bible are about. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. That's the Torah, okay? That's the first five books. And that's where the Old Testament law is. And that's where God explained exactly, exactly, like to the T, how the Israelites were supposed to worship. And God specifically says, do not marry foreign women who believe in other gods. All right? <clears throat> and the Jews had agreed to this. They had promised not to do this. All right? God wanted them to marry people of the same faith. Marry people of the same faith. And if you look at the history with the Jews, like if you read the book of Judges, uh, you'll see that when the Jews ignore this command and they marry these foreign women and get in with all these other gods, it pulls them away from their worship and love of the one true God and it gets them mixed up in all these different worships of these other gods. And, uh, and they turn away from God and, and they stop loving him and they stop worshiping him and they fall into all kinds of sin. They start doing abominations. They start doing all these terrible things that God told them what not to do. <clears throat> Why would God tell us not to date people who don't believe in the same God as us? Do you think he knows that we are easily pulled away? Do you think he knows that we, you know, we'll do whatever it takes to please this person? And so if they ask us to, to do things for them or to worship their God, you know, we're going to do it to please them. We're going to do it to make them happy. And God, that's why God has said, no, they're going to pull you away from me. And so this is why we, we have to tell you all the time, don't missionary date, okay? Dating is not a mission field, all right? That's not your mission field. Your friends are, but not the person you're dating. You shouldn't have to be on the mission field with the person who you're, who you're dating, all right? Because, why? God says no. Hmm. <clears throat> See, they thought they could marry unbelievers and still be able to offer the same quality of worship to God. See, we can trick ourselves into thinking, oh man, I really, really like this person, but this person has nothing to do with how I worship God. 
So I'm going to keep these two separate. And we think we can handle that because we're smart enough, right? But God says, no, you can't. Don't do it. You bring an abomination when you try to do that. All right, who's got their Bibles? All right, swords up. Swords up. You're cheating. Got to hold it by the binder. There you go. That's, that's a Shirley Heights rule. I'm sorry. Um, I did. All right. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16. Go. No. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 16. All right. Anissa, Anissa, Anissa had it. Hold on, Nisa, stand up. Shh, 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 shh. Front row, thank you. Shh. All right, Nisa, big and loud. Very good. Thank you. All right. See what that verse says? Verse 16. And it says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? So what he's saying is that if that person doesn't believe in the God of the Bible, if they don't believe in Jesus Christ, they are idol worshipers. Because they, anyone who doesn't worship the one true God worships some kind of idol. Whether it's, you know... It, it might not be a statue or something like in the Old Testament, but it's a false god and therefore it's an idol. And, and so he says, the two things are totally incompatible. They cannot work. It's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Okay? It, they just don't fit. It makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay. I was getting weird looks like, I don't know. Yeah, squares can fit into circles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if it was smaller than a circle, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you get the point. All right. And so back then, here's what he said. He says, Judah's profaned the sanctuary of the Lord. And back then, the sanctuary was the temple. And it was this big, huge building with gold all on it. You know, and they would bring the sacrifices to the temple. And that's where the worship would happen. But now, now in 2 Corinthians, Paul tells us that we are the temple. All right? We are the temple of God. We are the sanctuary. And so when, when we try to link up with people who don't believe the same thing we do, we're, we're, we're defiling the temple because those two things have nothing in common. Right? So what fellowship has light with darkness? Light and darkness can't be in the same place at the same time. Have you ever tried that? It doesn't matter. Wherever there is light, there is not darkness. So, that's how opposite it is when you try to date someone who is not a believer. <clears throat> 
So we can't trick ourselves into thinking, I can date somebody who's not a Christian and worship God in the same way. Because God says, no, you can't. <clears throat> he called it profaning the sanctuary just because they were marrying people who didn't believe the same way. <clears throat> so God, <laughs> God says, you say you worship only me, but, but then you marry someone who, who doesn't worship me. And we'll see later that God gets really upset and doesn't, and doesn't accept their worship because of how seriously he takes marriage, all right? We'll get to that. So the point is for us that we can't date unbelievers. You get that, right? God wouldn't allow them to bring offerings because, because they had refused to obey him. He had commanded them not to marry these people, and they married him anyway. Their heart was not in their worship because they were being disobedient in this other area. So if you are dating someone who doesn't believe in Jesus, then there's something broken in how you view God. There's something broken there because that, God says there's no way those two things can work. <clears throat> All right, let's keep going. Verse 12, uh, it says, May the Lord cut off from the tents of Jacob any descendant of the man who does this who brings an offering to the Lord of hosts. So God says, I don't want your worship. Don't bring it. It's garbage. Verse 13 says, And this second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. All right? So, so they realize that they've messed up, and that God doesn't want their stuff anymore. And so they're sad about it. All right? And, and they, say, uh, they say, well, you say, why does he not? Why, why don't you accept our offering? And he tells them, he says, because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless. You have been unfaithful. We see this word again. Though she is your companion and your wife by covenant did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union and what was the one God seeking godly offspring so guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth now we see God really explaining why he takes why marriage is so serious why we shouldn't marry unbelievers all right and why marriage is supposed to last forever. He says, uh, he tells them what they didn't do. He says, um, he said, you have been faithless to the wife of your youth. They've been faithless. They've been unfaithful. All right? And God says, you made a covenant. He says, he, he says you, she was your wife by covenant. All right? By promise. You made a promise before God to love her. This covenant was a three-way deal. It's between me, you, and God. And so that's why when, when, when you see marriage ceremonies, you know, the dearly beloved we had gathered here today before God, you know, and men. So we see uh, a covenant was made 
with this woman, we see God himself joins them, all right? Verse 15 says, did he not make them one? So it's God who is joining them together. How did he join them? It says, with a portion of his spirit in their union. So there's this union, there's this oneness. If we go back to Adam and Eve, right? So the two became one flesh, right? That's how seriously God takes this. So it's like, it's, it's a fusion of two people becoming one. And it, God says, it's him who is doing it. He has joined them together with his spirit. So a part of God exists in this marriage. When you're thinking about who you want to date and who you want to marry, all right, you got to remember, God is going to join you and God is going to put a part of himself in this marriage. Do you think you should take it seriously? <clears throat> it's not just like, ooh, this person's really cute, you know? I want to be with him forever. Right? So when the marriage breaks up, when the marriage breaks up, God says that these men were being unfaithful to the vows that they made before God. And God takes vows very seriously in the Bible. He says they are breaking up something that God had joined together. And they had no right to do that. If God puts something together, you know, it's not up to you to decide to break it. And they treat God's spirit as a useless thing, as something that has no value. So when they break up with their wives and they divorce them, they, they're being unfaithful, they're breaking up something God joined together, and, uh, and they treat this, the spirit of God as something useless. But, but they weren't thinking about those things, right? They were just thinking, you know what, I'm not happy. This woman annoys me. Um, <clears throat> life is all about being happy, so, so I need to get out of this marriage. That's what these men were doing. But God says, no, you have been unfaithful to your wife and to your marriage, and so you have been unfaithful to me. These women who they were marrying were Jews. These were the people who they should have been marrying. But we find out that they were divorcing them, probably to marry these foreign women. So God says, you've been unfaithful to them. Therefore, because I joined you together, and because my spirit was in it, you've also been unfaithful to me. You see that? So when people get divorced, it's not just you know, oh, I'm unhappy, I want to find someone else. There's a lot more going on when you break that up. <coughs> so God says, I'm not accepting your worship because you've been unfaithful to me too. So see how important it is to pick the right person so that you don't end up, you know, breaking up and splitting and affecting your worship this way? We also find out one of God's main purposes for marriage, and, and most of you probably don't even think of this because you're so long, very, you're so young, very good, Joy. Um, godly offspring. One of the main purposes of marriage is this. What was the one God seeking in their union? Godly offspring. Okay. 
So one big thing you need to be looking for when you're dating somebody or wondering if you should date them, the question you need to ask is, can I have kids with this person? So if you're 13 and 14, are you asking this question? Is this question relevant? I don't know. <clears throat> I hope not. <laughs> the point is, you know, before you get married to somebody, you need to know if they want to have kids and you need to know how they want to raise their kids. Are they going to be someone who wants to raise a godly family, right? Are they going to encourage you to grow spiritually? Or, or will you have to be the one dragging them to church? You know, because they want to stay home and watch football, right? Do they consider worshiping God so important that they are willing to sacrifice some football in order to go to church and grow and be around other believers and to help you grow? But be careful, though, because a lot of people will do it while you're dating. They'll do it while you're dating. They'll, they'll come to church when you ask them to come to church, right? Uh, they're interested in you. They're trying to get to know you. They'll come to church. So you've you got to be careful and make sure, you know, does this person have a desire to raise godly children? And that's an important thing. And it's a question that most people don't ask. All right? <clears throat> um, Jen, Jen, you recently got engaged, right? I, I, we haven't announced this, but Jen is engaged. So everyone knows by now, right? Okay. <coughs> Jen, Jen, was this a question you asked when you got engaged? Did you think about this? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Well, maybe you're just caught up in the moment. And, uh, anyway. Uh, okay, cool. I have a friend who I went to Word of Life with, and she's married now, but she says she doesn't want kids. Yeah, she doesn't want kids at all. She says kids annoy her, and... <laughs> exactly, she was a kid, but... You know, it's like you're, you're undercutting one of God's major reasons and designs for marriage when you say, I don't want any kids. It's one of the basic things about marriage. So, so here's the thing, and th you guys need to get this. Getting married isn't all about your personal happiness. Okay? It isn't all about you and thinking, oh, this person makes me feel so good, and they encourage me, and they make me laugh, and they're so hot, and, you know, <clears throat> all of these things that make you feel good, you've got to think, man, can I raise kids with this person? It's, and it becomes about someone else. It becomes about the kids. So it should be about who is going to make me holier, who's going to help me raise an, the next generation of godly people, because that's what God cares about, people who will serve God. 
so that his worship will continue throughout all generations and not just yours. So you've got to think about, can I raise kids with this person? But the problem is that these men, they were divorcing their wives at young ages, okay, so that they wouldn't have godly children. And why were they getting divorced, all right? See, back then, uh, the men, they were finding, like, silly things to divorce their wives over. Like, you know, I'm not happy anymore. Uh, I've fallen out of love. Irreconcilable differences. Um, <clears throat> she burned the rice, you know. So, like, literally, these were some of the excuses that they were using to divorce their wife. If she was a bad cook, they could divorce her. All right? <clears throat> because they had a very low view of marriage. Listen, they had a low view of marriage and they didn't understand all that was taking place with God joining them and putting His Spirit in it. They didn't understand all that. So they would break a marriage very easily. They didn't understand that God hated it. So they would find like prettier and more submissive women from foreign lands <coughs> and marry them. And so what it was that their desire for their own personal pleasure was trumping God's desire for a permanent marriage and godly children. And so God says, I don't want that worship. That is not good. <clears throat> I saw a website today that, that said the number one indicator of divorce. Can you guess what it is? Not, not wanting to have kids. No. Um, sorry, it's, I'm taking it in a little different direction. Money is the number one reason that people get divorced, but the number one indicator of divorce, like your own behavior, is it's, called, it's habitual av avoidance of conflict. Like, it, like money by, might be the reason that you're breaking up, but you avoid talking about it, okay? So you never deal with it. Like, and, um, in the Bahamas, divorce has jumped 700% since 1975. 700%. Why? If it's because people don't like conflict, they avoid conflict, right? Why do people avoid conflict? Some people avoid it out of fear because they're afraid the person is going to beat down on them, you know? Some people avoid conflict out of pride, right? It's like, Psh, I'm right. I don't need to talk about this. You're wrong. Shut up. <coughs> so, but seriously, if you're one of those people who just hates conflict and never talks about the problems that you have with someone or an issue that you're having, you know, it, you just hope it, you just hope it goes away on its own. You might be. You, might be a candidate for a divorce in the future. And, and hopefully I've shown you that it's so important that you need to prepare against divorce. Because, you know, God is in your marriage and God wants it to be long term. He wants it to be forever. And maybe you're not a candidate for divorce, but at least for a lot of broken friendships. If you can't work out your issues with your friends, you're going to be going through a rotating cycle of friends all the time. Because eventually, you're going to get somebody mad at you. You know, not everybody is going to like you. How many of you, every single person you know likes you? 
<laughs> Give it time. <laughs> I will tell you. Give it time. But God, God reminds these men. Let's look at look at verse sixteen. Look at verse sixteen. For the man who does not love his wife, the man who does not love his wife, but divorces her, says the Lord, the God of Israel, he covers his garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. So, so what? Guard yourselves and your spirit and do not be faithless. God reminds these men, and it is the men who should lead spiritually in a relationship, all right? Girls, look for a man who is interested in God. Guys, be that man that is interested in God. Don't just be some punk, all right? Don't just be some punk who doesn't care, who just sits around on the block all day, sits on the corner, just cracks jokes nonstop, can never be serious about anything, can't tell you anything about God, all right? Don't, don't, don't be one of those guys. Because those guys, every, who can't be that guy? Who can't be that guy? That guy, there's nothing special about that guy. All right? God says the man is supposed to be able to lead. <clears throat> But he tells these men that when, you, when they casually divorce their wives, they cover themselves with violence. What does that mean? That means they think they're, they're making themselves happier, but all they're doing is hurting themselves. Because they're turning God against them and making God reject their worship. So what's the big lesson for us? Ultimately, God wants us to be faithful to each other, to love each other, to your wife, Kevin, yes, and to him, and to him. And we see that how we treat each other directly affects how God sees our worship. So if we're always getting mad at each other, if we're never dealing with our problems, if we don't love each other, then God is not pleased with our worship. And we can say we're Christians, and we can talk about how much we love God. And we might feel that way in our heart, but, but the reality is that God doesn't accept it. And I want you guys to be good worshipers of God because he's worth it, right? I mean, he's greater than any basketball player, musician, you know. <clears throat> he loves you more than any of those people. Those people don't love you. They just want your money. Even the Jonas Brothers, Donna. <laughs> so, the greatest picture of marriage that we have is of Jesus and the church. Jesus loved his wife. He loved his bride. That's me and you. He died for her. He gave up everything for her. And he will never divorce her. He will never send us away. He is who we should be living for. We should be loving him 
more than any boyfriend, any girlfriend, any celebrity, anybody. Because he died for you. He died for your sins. He rose again. He lives for you. He loves you more than anyone. And I, I pray that you would see that and, and worship him truthfully with love in your heart for him by loving each other. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for your word. Lord, your word is true and it is challenging and it is hard to hear sometimes, God. Lord, I pray for any teenager tonight who is struggling with um, just not really having any standards for who they want to date or struggling with dating uh, someone who, who doesn't love you the way they should. Um, I just pray that you would strengthen them, show them how important it is for them to worship you uh, in spirit and in truth and, and how important it is for them to choose the right person to, to lead them spiritually or to join them uh, as they try to lead in the relationship. God, we thank you for Jesus and for how much he has loved us and how he will never divorce us and put us away. Um, God, we're thankful for that. Lord, I pray right now that, that each teenager would be able to go and know that they are loved um, by you and by, and by the leaders here and be able to love each other uh, without fear. In Jesus' name, amen.